Uh, New York City, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, Pose debuted uh, last summer uh, telling the stories of LGBT New Yorkers in the ball scene during the late uh, 1980s. Uh, it stars Billy Porter uh, as Pray Tell, the MC at the balls. Uh, Billy, I believe this is your first series regular TV role. Uh, so, so how does it compare to other work you've done uh, on stage and on screen? Wow, that's a really interesting question. You know, the one thing that I will say about being a theater artist um, doing HOs a week for 30 years is that I have stamina. And stamina is what you really need to do film and television <laughs> because the hours are very random. Um, you know, action really does mean action <laughs> on a dime. Like you have to be able to like just be present and be there, which I, which is a really interesting, um, Thing for those of us who do theater because you do the story every day from beginning, middle, and end. And what I find really interesting um, about film and TV is that it's not linear. Nothing is filmed in order and it's very much on the spot. Like you really have to be able to do your close up at 2.30 in the morning sometimes. Um, you know, so it's been an interesting recalibration from my body, um, and I love it. Uh, now, a lot of people uh, before Pose uh, got to know ball culture mostly from the documentary Paris is Burning, uh, you know, which is, is a, a classic uh, uh, documentary, especially for, for LGBT cinema. Uh, but, you know, otherwise, people haven't necessarily had as much exposure to it or familiarity with it. Uh, what was your uh, level of familiarity uh, or experience with, with ball culture before taking part in, the, in this show? Well, I always say I'm ball culture adjacent. Um, it was my era. Uh, Paris is Burning came out when I was probably 19 or 20. Um, it was the first time that I had seen anything um, as an LGBTQ person of color in the 80s who came out in the 80s. I, I had never seen anything that looked like me on screen for real. I had never seen any story um, told in that way on screen. So it was very significant for me. Um, I also went to balls. I, was, I went to several balls, but I was not a part of the culture. I came to New York and went right to the, uh, the Broadway scene. My first Broadway show was the original cast of Miss Saigon. So I was, you know, doing eight shows a week. Um, but we went out and we partied and we hung out. Um, and I had a lot of friends in the, in the, in the community. <clears throat> Uh, Pose is, is uh, unique in that it's it's a show that centers gay and, and transgender characters played by gay and transgender actors, and they're imagine that and, yeah, and there are gay and transgender <laughs> writers, producers behind the scenes, directors behind the scenes. Uh, what, what's it like taking part in a show that centers people who are usually at the margins of best? I listen. I'm, I'm speechless. It's like my breath is taken away every day because, you know, I, I grew up in a time where this was not an option. You know, telling these stories was not even something that you could dream about. Like, I, it just wasn't a thing. Um, 
And I'm just so grateful to have lived long enough to see this day, to see this transition, to see this happen. Um, you know, many disenfranchised communities are, are having a, an opportunity um, to show the world, you know, who we are and um, that we're a part of the human race. You know, that's literally what it's about. We all have families and we're a part of the human race. And um, it's just astonishing to me to, to, to be able to not only have been, not only have lived it, but then be a part of the community that tells the story. Um, it's humbling and amazing. And uh, yeah, having come of age at around the time when this, you know, the, the first season of the show takes place, uh, what's it like coming into this story and playing a mentor character to characters who would have been around that age? Um, <laughs> it's, it feels like I'm just stepping into my season um, because I woke up one day and I'm 50. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, I'll be 50 in September. I don't feel like what I remember that looking like or feeling like when I was younger. Um, I sort of, I sort of still feel like a big kid trying to find his way in the world. Um, but the reality is, I have lived 50 years on this planet. And I do have some wisdom when it comes down to it. So it's really, um, it's really great to um, be able to play that character, you know, to be able to embody that um, type of humanity um, on screen. And it's, you know, we keep talking about it, but it's, a, it's an archetype that we've not seen before. You know, we really, we've really not seen this human being before. And it's really, it's really great to, uh, be able to educate while entertaining. Speaking of uh, entertaining, uh, some of the, the biggest, most uh, dynamic and energetic scenes on the show, of course, are the ball scenes themselves. Uh, and you, as the MC, are at the center of those. Uh, what's it like shooting those? Uh, what, what kind of energy is that like on set? Well, you know, it's really interesting because you have to film it several, several different kinds of ways. You sort of have to film the really highly energetic version where everybody's talking and everybody's screaming and everybody's dancing and the music is playing and it's a big wide shot camera and you do that version but then you have to go in and get the quieter moments uh get the coverage you get the close-ups and stuff and so it's fun watching the extras the ball extras sort of have to reproduce the energy, but do it silently. You know, it's like all the little tricks, because they have to have the same energy, but sort of pantomime it so that we can get the lines that are going on in the scene. You know, everybody, what I love is that most, most of the time my close-ups are at the end, at the end of the day when we've been working. So I've had a lot of time to sort of feel, feel what the scene is and, get the rhythm of it, get Praytel's energy and how I'm going to, to move it along. And we clear everybody out and the cameras, they set up the cameras however they want for my close-up. And then I just do everything 
and just do all of my lines back to back as if everybody's in the room. And that's my favorite part because I get to really uh, craft what I think the performance in that moment should be. And it's fun. It's really, really fun. And it's really fun to see what they use to. Because, <laughs> you know, I give many different, you know, you have a moment to sort of give different takes on each thing. And, you know, it's fun. Very fun. And uh, yeah, those scenes are so complicated uh, to uh, actually assemble. Uh, what's yeah. it like seeing them when they when they're fully coming together, like, and it looks just like kind of one assembled whole? You wouldn't know what the pieces were that went into it. Well, what I love is that I would say it's the closest equivalent to what it feels like to be to do an amazing number in a great Broadway show and a great Broadway musical. Like the construction of it is so musical. You know, it's based in music. It's almost like you're watching a musical, <laughs> you know, and it feels like that inside of it. So it's, you know, it's wonderful to see that kind of energy resonate on television and resonate in this kind of um, structure. Um, I just get giddy because <laughs> it's like, it's a musical, you guys. <laughs> and you know, I love musicals. Uh, what, what of your uh, 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 Pretel's most uh, important relationships, closest relationships on the show is uh, with Blanca, played by yeah. uh, MJ Rodriguez. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, they, they have, they, they also have kind of like a, a, a mentor kind of relationship uh, he has to her, but also, it, sometimes it goes both ways. And he helps sense. me too, a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What is it like developing that, those characters' relationship and, and getting that bond between them on screen? Well, you know, it was, we knew each other beforehand. I met MJ. Um, I was this, the associate director of the revival of Rent, of Broadway Rent. And we cast her in essentially what I think is her first professional job, which was playing Angel in that revival of Rent, uh, pre-transition. And uh, we just really got to know each other working on that um, around 2010, I believe. And so it felt so natural, you know, because we already had a language, we already had a relationship and it was so beautiful to see her transition. You know, I knew um, at the time that something was going on with her. Um, I had never really been exposed to um, that kind of transition. So I didn't, I couldn't quite put my finger on it. You know, my, put my finger on what was different about, and it came out in the performance. It came out in her performance of Angel. Um, I, I recognized something different that I had never seen in Angels prior to that in Rent. Um, and so I, I couldn't put my finger on it. And then a couple of years after the show closed, I ran into her and she had transitioned and it was like, oh my God, that's what, that's what I was feeling, that, that kind of authenticity. 
that sort of flies in the face of logic to many people, um, reason to many people, um, but is the only way. It is the only choice for so many. Um, so it's just great to be able to educate the world with my sister on national television, <laughs> international television. Uh, and uh, one of the most memorable moments between you two, uh, the both of you, uh, and and for Preytale's character in general, uh, was the episode "Love Is the Message," uh, you know, where the two of you uh, sing uh, for for that hospital event for the uh, for the uh, AIDS ward, um, yeah. and and in that whole episode, Preytale is dealing with the uh, the the imminent loss of his partner. Uh, what was it like when you first read the script for that episode, and and when you were shooting that, like? What, what kind of feelings were you, were you experiencing through that? What I love about these scripts, which you sort of touched on earlier, is it's the actual people telling the story. It's the actual people from the community that we're talking about telling the story. So the authenticity is so real in a way, in ways that I had not experienced in many scripts prior to this time, right? So you get a script and for me, every time I read one, it goes deeper. Every time I read another one, there's another layer that's, peel that's peeled back. There's another depth that our creators are not afraid to take us to because they understand that it's the only way. You have to be as truthful as possible. So, you know, it was something that I don't even think they really knew. I, you know, when I was coming up, there was a group uh, when, around that time, the Broadway community and the cabaret communities came together and created a uh, organization called Hearts and Voices. And what that was, was that, you know, all over the hospitals, Essentially, it turned into this huge organization where once a week at every AIDS ward in every hospital in New York City, there was an hour carved out in one of the weeks where they would get cabaret singers or Broadway performers and a piano player. So you would have like two to four performers at every spot with a piano player. You bring your book, what we call them our books, which were generally audition books or cabaret books, where you would have your sheet music in there and you'd get to a room, not unlike the room that we have in, uh, in Pose, and we would sing for an hour and we would just bring joy to these people who felt um, forgotten, um, who were very often, um, didn't have family, didn't have friends, and were sort of, withering away into this kind of no man's obscurity. I don't know. I, it, and as a creative person, it was really special to have a place to feel like you were contributing to some kind of change or make some kind of difference. You know, it's like I'm not a community organizer. I'm not a politician. I'm not, you know, that's not my ministry, but I'm an artist. And so to be able to have that organization 
that I could sort of funnel my energy into was really a blessing. And so when I read the script for Love is the Message, it reminded me of those times because it was exactly what it was like. Um, and it, yet again, and once again, it was it was another great uh, moment of showing the world what it was for real, what it was really like. Um, so yeah. And uh, you know, your work on the show has been recognized uh, thus far by the Golden Globes. Uh, you were nominated there at the Critics' Choice Awards. You were nominated mm -hmm. there. Uh, the show was nominated at the Golden Globes. Uh, what was that uh, recognition like that? the show has been received that well uh, thus far? Well, I, you know, I'm not a person, it's a difficult thing as an artist to sort of balance this idea of awards versus work, versus the work. It's like, the work is always first. The work is always what we all care about first. Um, in a situation for us, like, you know, we've talked about the disenfranchised people, you know, the stories that aren't in the mainstream. Mainstream recognition matters for us, specifically because it allows for larger groups of people to figure out and understand and know who we are. And that, excuse me, helps us to be to be in a position to continually keep telling these kinds of stories. So it was significant um, for me as a black gay out actor um, to be in a category um, that has never seen the likes of me is very significant in where we are in the world. You know, I was up uh, you know, I was nominated for best lead actor in a drama. Um, you know, I'm creating an archetype here. The whole show is creating archetypes that never existed in the marketplace. So to be recognized in this way is to change the narrative, to change the whole thing to upset the cart, turn it over. And that's what we're doing with this show. So that's what it feels like. <laughs> and speaking of overturning the cart at awards, you weren't nominated at the Oscars, but as far as I'm concerned, you won the Oscars with uh, your tuxedo gown. Uh, it, was, it, it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen on an Oscars department. Um, uh, it was a Christian Siriano uh, design. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was, what was the decision-making process going into, you know, choosing that as your Oscars look? Okay, so bunch of different things. First of all, me and my girlfriends, and when I say that, I'm talking about male and female girlfriends. Um, when I was coming up, we would always just sort of tease and kind of play, and it's like, oh, I can't wait to wear a ball gown to the Oscars. I can't wait to, I'm aware of gown. I'm aware of gown. I don't care what anybody says. I'm aware of gown. You know, sort of teasing, sort of really not just saying it, but not really meaning it. I didn't think I meant it. And so that's the first part of it. The second part of it is as an artist 
and as a businessman, um, I have to pay attention to the moments and what the possibility of resonance inside of any particular moment is, right? So I remember watching the Oscars when Frozen was up for an Oscar and uh, Frozen, the, the Let It Go song was up for an Oscar and Adina Menzel is a friend of mine from Broadway. And you know, there's this whole thing with Broadway actors and film and television and you know, you can make it in Broadway and never cross over to a wider audience. And, you know, we're always trying to sort of use the Broadway, um, our Broadway history to springboard us into these spaces where we can reach more people. So she was the voice of Elsa. I think that's the name of the character. And John Travolta gets up and says her name wrong, Adele Dezeen, right? The Oscars is like the showbiz Super Bowl. Yeah. In one second, Adina Menzel was a household name because somebody said her name wrong. And I said out loud at that time, I was like, well, when I get my Oscar moment, I'm gonna have to make sure it's a moment like that. I can't get somebody to pronounce my name wrong, but it has to be, it's like, that's a, that's a business moment that you, that sometimes you can't plan. Very often you can't plan, but you, if you're, if one is present enough to understand how the business works, you may be able to create a moment for yourself. So two weeks, two and a half weeks out from the Oscars, I got this call saying they wanted me to come and do the, the red carpet hosting and da 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 And I thought about that playtime I had. I think that's, as an artist, it's like you never you lose your sense of wonder. You never lose your sense of play. And I had to go back to my sense of wonder and play from my childhood and go, I said I was going to wear a ball gown. I was joking then, but I'm not joking now. Who is it going to be? You know, because... This is the moment. This is the Super Bowl for me. One image could change everything for me. I understood that going in. I didn't understand the magnitude really of what it could really be until afterwards. I knew that it was a moment for me to make a statement. I knew it was a moment for me to uh, create a conversation around gender and gender norms and what, and these rules that, these arbitrary rules that we've created for ourselves that need to go away. I knew that, I was doing that on purpose. Um, I had no idea <laughs> it would literally change the world for real. Like I, I didn't, I really didn't anticipate that part of it. I know it would do something, but not as much as it's been doing, did and it continues to do. Well, uh, thank you, Billy, uh, and thank you to everyone watching. Uh, uh, I want to wish you the best of luck at the Emmys. Uh, fingers crossed this summer for nomination and yeah. another chance at an Oscar or an Oscar-worthy red carpet <laughs> look uh, at the at the Emmys in a few months. Um, and, and 
thank you to everyone watching this as well. Uh, please click like and subscribe to keep up with all of our award season interviews. Uh, and visit goldderby.com to make your predictions. Uh, thank you again, and, and best of luck. Thank you. Bye, everybody.